0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the Donate button. Thank
1: you for your generosity. We hope you enjoy the Book of Esther podcast series.
0: You by Proclaim My Word in partnership with AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio. I am Linda Scharnhorst here with Carrie Allen from Proclaim My Word and Annie Porter, our production manager. We are honored to be with you for Lesson Three entitled The Power of Prayer and Fasting. Now we know our Lord is a God of Structure and Order, and at this point in the book of Esther, we find our heroes, Mordecai and Esther, in the midst of a crisis. After initially learning of the plans for their destruction. But fortunately for them and for us, help is only moments away through prayer and fasting. We will hear about Esther's fervent prayer and how to increase the strength of our own prayers through fasting. So, no better way to begin than with our own opening prayer that can be found in your Be Who God Created workbook. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I desire to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Always be with me, Lord. Open my heart to hear and live your word today and every day. Help me to keep your word forever in my heart so my personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, will grow ever deeper. I pray for the wisdom and courage to proclaim the gospel with confidence so others will be led to you and your gift of salvation. Let the light of my love for you be seen so that others will be drawn to your love and mercy. May I have the wisdom to do your will and to follow you on earth as my Lord and Savior until I return to you. Thank you, Lord, for all the many ways you continue to bless me and those I love. Prepare me for whatever the future may bring. Help me daily to walk by faith and not by sight, ever willing to proclaim your word and your marvelous deeds. Bless me with faith and courage to trust and obey you at all times. When I walk through dark valleys, give me the grace to know that you are always with me and always hear my prayers. Help me to persevere, Lord, as I wait with hope to spend eternity with you. My trust is in you, Lord Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. As I mentioned today, the title of our lesson is The Power of Prayer and Fasting. Carrie, would you please give us a brief overview of what took place in the last lesson entitled Knowing the Enemy Within for those who might not have been with us for our last podcast or are just joining us for the first time?
1: Sure, sure. Last week, we heard how Mordecai, Esther's foster father, refused to bow down to Haman because now Haman had just been promoted to the position of the king's Prime Minister, so he thought he deserved that kind of respect. Haman, if you remember from last week, was the enemy within, and he was infuriated that Mordecai wouldn't show him the respect he believed that he deserved. So he began planning not only to get rid of Mordecai, but he also saw it as an opportunity to eliminate all the Jews in the area. Haman and his descendants had hated the Jews for centuries. Haman went to the king and told him that there was a group of people that were disobeying his laws and causing problems. So the king gave Haman permission to deal with the situation in any way that he saw fit. Now, the king gave him permission without even asking who the people were. Or he didn't even check out to see if Haman what what Haman was saying was the truth. Mm -hmm. So Haman determined the date of the massacre by casting a poor, also known as a lot. This is where we get casting a lot from. Mm -hmm. Then he sent out a letter pretending to be the king, and he told the provinces who they were to kill, and that included all Jewish men women, and children, and they were to be killed on a certain date. So this now brings us to lesson three, chapter four, C and D. Chapter four opens with Mordecai learning about Haman's plan to destroy all the Jews. Well, needless to say, Mordecai was devastated over the plan. And so he went into the city and mourned publicly.
0: Yeah, thank you, Carrie. So how did the people react, not just Mordecai, but how the people react when they found out about Haman's plan?
1: Well, they were all pretty devastated, too. Mordecai and all the Jews went into deep mourning, fasting, and weeping. And they also slept on sackcloth. <laughs> Carrie,
0: you know, like, let's just interrupt a second here. What is a sackcloth? I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it surely doesn't sound too comfortable. <laughs>
1: That's because it wasn't That was the purpose of the sackcloth. It's also known as haircloth. It was a poor quality material made either of goat's hair or camel hair, and it was often used to make sacks. Sackcloth was worn to mortify the flesh and was a self-imposed means of sacrifice or penance. It was also worn by the people to symbolize that they were in mourning.
0: Thank you, Carrie. So we talked about Mordecai, we talked about the people. Now, How did our heroine Esther find out about the plan to destroy the Jewish people?
1: Well, Esther's maids and eunuchs went to her and told her what was happening. Then Esther sent one of the eunuchs, Hatak, to find out from Mordecai what all of this really meant. So Mordecai told Hatak what happened, and he gave him a copy of the letter that Haman sent to all the provinces about the destruction of the Jews. So, things are
0: starting to move a little more quickly.
1: It's starting to Mm -hmm. intensify,
0: right? The Mm -hmm. plot. So,
1: what did Mordecai,
0: Esther's foster father, ask Esther to do? And what was her initial response?
1: Well, Mordecai sent word to Esther, and he wanted her to go to the king and plead with him to spare her people. He reminded Esther where she came from and who cared for her. So, he asked her to pray to the Lord, and then he asked her to go and speak to the king to save their people from death. Esther responded back to him, gave him sent a message to Mordecai that anyone who went to the king when they weren't summoned by him could be killed on the spot. Mordecai then responded back to her and said that she shouldn't assume that she too wouldn't be killed with the rest of the Jews, and if she didn't help her people, Then God would find another way to help them.
0: Carrie, I want to pause here a moment. I think this part is very important. Right. Yeah, we tend to think that Esther was immediately on board to go into the king and write this awful situation, right? Right. Yeah, she was a faithful Jew, likely keeping the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. but she was still really in the world. That's right. And I think it's important for us all to remember that she was on a faith journey like all of us, how we are today. She has a choice to remain hidden and save herself Mm -hmm. while watching the destruction of her people. Right. Or alternatively, to surrender herself to God and help save her people. That's right. But Mordecai, he's very vital in helping her move
1: through her own fears, isn't he? Absolutely. And I think this is an interesting point, because what Mordecai is saying is that God's plans will never be thwarted. Exactly. When God asks us to do something that seems impossible, he will bless us for our willingness and our obedience. But even if we refuse to do what he's asking of us, his will will still be accomplished mm. through someone else. They in turn will receive the blessing that was originally intended for us. So, Carrie, I, I kind of never thought about it that way. I've heard, you know, I know
0: when I feel the Lord's put something on my heart, I feel like I need to do it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've never thought about it the way you said it. So, what you're saying is that we actually voluntarily give away our blessing?
1: That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, like no one takes it from us. We kind of more or less forfeit it, right?
1: Right. When we don't, when we refuse to do God's will, we forfeit our own blessing. Mm. and. Just because we can't see the outcome of what God is asking us to do, that doesn't mean it's not possible. Mm. As Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, for human beings, this is impossible. But for God, all things are possible. Mm. We want to keep that scripture in our minds so we don't forfeit the blessing that God has in store for us. Matthew nineteen twenty six is a great verse to memorize. I agree. With God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Mordecai tells Esther to be aware that she was created for such a time as this. And that's why God put her in the position of royalty. I think this is a great reminder, Linda, for all of us that we are here right now in this time and in this place for such a time as
0: this. Yes, Carrie. So on that verse, why do you think that verse Esther 414 is such an important verse for us and yeah. our listeners? Yeah.
1: Well, I believe it, uh, this is one of the most important verses in the book of Esther because it should make us ask ourselves, while well, studying the book of Esther Why has God chosen me to be here for such a time as this? Mm. Why did he choose you to be here right now? You may already know, but if you don't, you may want to spend some more time praying and asking him, God, why did you choose me to be here at this time in history? And just wait for his answer to hear what he can accomplish through you. I love that, Carrie. That's great. So, Mordecai was trying to help Esther understand that she wasn't made queen of Persia by chance or by accident, but rather God placed her there for a specific assignment and purpose to help save his people. Esther must have thought about what Mordecai said, and so she finally agreed with him. She realized that she was placed in the position as queen of Persia to serve her God, her true king. Hmm. So
0: what just occurred to me is that Esther has probably spent hours and hours praying to God in that palace, mm-hmm. asking questions like why she had been orf- orphaned and then elevated to the position of queen living right. in this opulent surroundings. Right. It just must have been so difficult for her to understand and make sense
1: of it. Absolutely.
0: And if it wasn't for Mordecai, She might have missed the fact that God was answering her prayers or questions, right? That's that's right. Yeah. Mordecai had to help her see what was right in front of her. She is more like us than I thought. (laughs) Yes, she certainly is. So once Esther decided that she was going to take Mordecai's advice and use her position to help save her people, what did she do?
1: Well, then she went and sent word to Mordecai to gather all the Jews and have them pray and fast for three days. And she would do the same in preparation before going to the king. So now this tells us not only that prayer and fasting is important, but it's also, it also tells us how powerful it is for defeating evil and having our prayers answered according to God's will. You see, Esther knew that she was taking a risk, that she could be killed for going to the king when she wasn't invited. But she decided that it was worth the risk to save her people, even even if it cost her dearly. As she said, if I perish, I perish. Mordecai did exactly what Esther told him to do. And then he began praying fervently to God to spare his people and telling God that he would not bow down or worship anyone but him. He praised God and begged him to hear his prayer and spare the children of Israel. So Carrie, what does Mordecai's and Esther's
0: prayers tell us about the importance of prayer and fasting to have our own prayers answered?
1: Well, before we talk about the value of prayer and fasting, let's take a a minute and just listen to Esther's prayer. First, she removed all her fancy garments and jewelry. She covered her head with dirt and ashes as she mourned the impending doom of her people. Yeah. So here she's really seeing
0: herself as part of the people, not sort of, uh, sorry, that's happening to you, but I'm okay in the palace. (laughs) Right, right.
1: Not just royalty. Exactly. Now she is part of them. Mm -hmm. So in her prayer, she praised God as the King of Israel, her Lord and King, recognizing that there is no one but God who could help her. She also realized that she may be taking her life in her own hands by approaching her husband, the king, and acknowledged that Israel had sinned by worshiping false gods. And when you mention false
0: gods, worshiping false gods, that's no different than our society today. I mean, and you well, see it—that's th- for sure. Yeah, you see it throughout the Bible. I mean, it's uh, worshiping false gods. It kind of reminds me, Carrie, of Ecclesiastes one nine:
1: "Nothing new under the sun." No, there is nothing new. No, mm-hmm. and this is also one of the reasons her prayer is so fervent. This marks a turning point within Esther when she acknowledges the corporate sin of her people. This is the same person who said in verse eleven of chapter four, "Now as for me." distancing herself from the rest of her people. But now she steps fully into her God-given role as the mediator for her people.
0: I I like that. That's a good distinction that we see because uh, we all can look back at times in our lives where we feel maybe someone's asked something of us that we Mm -hmm. didn't feel comfortable doing, Mm -hmm. or maybe we were asked by God to do something. We feel he's prompting us to do something and we don't immediately say yes. That's right. There's still hope for us, like Esther. Right,
1: right. So Esther continues in her prayer pleading with God not to destroy his heritage by allowing the pagans who do worship false gods to destroy his people. She prayed that God would remember them and give her the courage and the words she needed to turn the heart of the king. Again, she acknowledged that he alone could save them because he was all-powerful and they have no one but the Lord. Esther continued to tell God in her prayer that she hated all the signs of the grandeur that surrounded her in the palace and had and she had never eaten with Haman or the king. The only joy she had known since becoming queen was the joy of the Lord, the God of Abraham. So again, she pleaded with him to save his people and deliver her from the paralyzing fear of confronting the king.
0: So Carrie, that was her petition, but I noticed how Esther began her prayer by praising God. That's right. And, and praising God's an important topic that we've discussed before in this podcast series. Right. So uh, remind us again, why it's so important to praise God Mm -hmm. and does God need our prayer praises?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. No, no. God definitely does not need our praises, but we need to praise Him so we never forget who He is and all He has and will do for each one of us. It also helps us to know in a deeper way who our God is. I love that. That's so yeah. wonderful. I mean, we all want to know
0: who He is and what He wants us to do, right. but I never really thought that when we praise Him, we are
1: actually opening
0: the right. aperture to see who God is. Right.
1: Unless you really know who he is, you can't really love him. Mm. Yeah. So I've shared the story before, but for those who may not have heard it, I would like to share it again because I think it's very appropriate for our topic. Several years ago, my family was going through a difficult time and it seemed like every time the phone rang, it was more bad news. Also at the time, there was someone who was creating a lot of problems for us, I found myself at that time living in fear of what this person could do and had had the power to do to my family like I said it seemed like every time the phone rang it was more bad news so I made the decision that I wasn't going to answer the phone anymore because I didn't want to hear any more bad news.
0: Okay, I got, let me just pause here. So answer phone, bad news. news. Don't answer phone, no bad news. No bad news. That sounds like a very reasonable plan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought so. Now, this is several years ago when we still had landlines, for those of you who remember that, (laughs) and we had phones on the wall. I know it's hard to believe, but there weren't very many cell phones in use at that time and we really had to rely on landlines. So one Sunday evening after mass, I remember feeling particularly helpless about our situation, and I was concerned about the power that this person had over my family. I wasn't aware of it then, but I was giving my power to a human instead of remembering whose power I should really be relying on. So that evening, as my husband and I were in the kitchen preparing dinner, I was at the sink when the phone rang, and it was right next to me, right on the wall. And without even thinking, I reached for the phone, started to say hello, when the voice on the other end said, the victory is in the praise. Hmm. Wow. The victory is in the praise. I I tried to respond by saying, who is this, when the person hung up. (laughs) So I just stared at the phone, wondering who called me to tell me that the victory was in the praise. How did they know what what I was going through at that exact moment when they gave me that advice, or should I say, gave me those words of wisdom to realize that the victory was in the praise and I was not defeated. The voice on the other end of the, the phone was a woman's voice. And it was very joyful, a voice I'll never forget. I never found out who called me that night, but I'm convinced that it was Mary calling from heaven to tell me what to do. And that's my story, and I am sticking to it. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So that message made me realize, as long as I kept trusting in God, praising him through his power... I couldn't be defeated, no matter what the outcome. Mm -hmm. Esther must have known those words of wisdom as she began her prayer by praising God. So my question is, how do you begin your prayers? Do you begin by asking for what you need? Or do you begin, as Esther did, praising and worshiping the one true God? like we said earlier, we don't praise God for his sake. We praise him for our sake. We praise God to give him the honor and the glory that he deserves. In other words, we praise God because he is worthy of our praise. And when we praise him, he blesses us. Praise can also lead you into true worship. That's an important point there, the true yeah, worship. True worship. That's right. Listen to what Psalm... 5023 says, Those who offer praise as a sacrifice, honor me. To the obedient, I will show the salvation of God. Those who offer praise as a sacrifice, honor me. To the obedient, I will show the salvation of God. That's Psalm 5023. So, what are some of the other ways praising God helps us? Well, as I said, God wants us to praise him for our sake, for our own good. Because when we praise him, we come to know who he is, right? Mm -hmm. And the more we know who he is, then the more we are able to love him. Praising God also increases our faith and our trust in him. Mm. Our praises can bring victory over the forces of evil because praise is a weapon, a weapon that defeats our enemies In other words, our praises are an important part of his victory, and his victory is also our victory. I believe this is why I was told the victory was in the praise. If you want to make God present in a situation, do what Esther did and start praising him. Praise enables the Holy Spirit to take over and lead you into worship. Praise also takes you A step further into the presence of God. So we praise God for who he is, because he's good, because his loving kindness lasts forever, and because he is faithful. In the Psalms, we're told to fill our mouths with praise. Psalm 145.21 says, My mouth will speak your praises, Lord. All flesh will bless your holy name forever. That
0: also is a great I, I love that some of the psalms you've quoted. That's also a great way for people out there listening who don't know how to praise or feel uncomfortable doing it. It's right. just opening up the book of Psalms and right. finding right. some great ones and that's just right. reciting them out loud to God. That's right. And increase, you know, increase our our um, comfort with it. That's right. So Esther and all the Jewish people certainly knew the importance of praising and worshiping God and they also knew the importance of fasting during critical times of oppression or when facing this difficult situation why do you think fasting is so important and what are the benefits well when you
1: combine fasting with prayer and praising god those are weapons that can combat spiritual opposition as it says in isaiah 58 58:6 this is the fasting that i wish releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke. That's a powerful
0: image, Carrie, untying the thongs of the Mm yoke. It's like you picture these huge oxen that have the things around their neck that make them, you know, very um, submissive. Uh, So we're like those powerful oxen brought low under the weight of the spiritual yoke, aren't we?
1: Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful fasting is. Um, and why it's so important for us today. You know, even Jesus knew its importance when he fasted in the desert for 40 days. He knew its power in conquering evil, and it prepared him to go to his crucifixion. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. If he, it, we always
0: look at what Jesus did to say what we should do. Absolutely. So if he did,
1: it was good enough for him. <laughs> it's good enough for us. When we, when we fast, we're emptying ourselves and we're making room for the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. And when we fast, we're constantly reminded that we need God and we hunger for his presence in our lives. And we hunger for his presence in whatever situation we're going through. When we're fasting, we become weaker. So God can become stronger. Repeat that one, Carrie. I think that's good. When we fast... We become weaker so God can become stronger. Our focus during a fast is not on what, when or what we are to eat or consume, but rather it gives us time to grow closer to God and know his will for us. Fasting can also lead us to greater intimacy with Jesus Christ because it helps us die to the flesh to live more fully with Christ. As it says in Galatians 2.19, I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. That's one of my favorite verses. I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. So Carrie, just breaking this
0: down a little bit, I understand that there are basically two different aspects, if you will. Of fasting Mm -hmm. and both are very valuable Mm -hmm. would you share a little bit about what they are please sure
1: You're, you're right there are two basically different aspects to fasting the first fast is from things such as social media television food or even from critical thinking or you could even change it up and pick something up like attending daily mass for a period of time when you're trying to make a big decision or you're praying for a special intention The second aspect of a fast is fasting for things, such as our families, our country, our church, and even those who don't know Jesus Christ yet, and for those who have left the church. Fasting combined with prayer is a powerful way to do God's will and to help us discern his will in all things. It can also help us be who God created us to be. Mm. There will always be a benefit to fasting and praying, and that will never be in vain, whether we're able to see it or not. Listen to what St. Augustine, a father of the church, said about fasting and prayer. By the help of the merciful Lord our God, the temptations of the world, the snares of the devil, the suffering of the world, the enticements of the flesh, the surging waves of troubled times, and all corporal and spiritual adversities are to be overcome by fasting and prayer. There's another important part to Esther's prayer that we touched on briefly that I'd like to mention now. After she praises God and she acknowledges her need for him, she confessed that they all have sinned by worshiping false gods. In other words, she repented for the sins of his people and prayed for God's mercy on them. Now, I think that's interesting, repenting for the sins of others, praying for God's mercy on other people. Have you ever asked God to forgive the sins of your family members or for the sins of your country?
0: Surely not enough, Carrie. I mean, we know we're kind of a lot like Esther in that regard, right? That's absolutely. It, it takes us a moment to open up the aperture and see maybe our complicity in the woes of the world mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. And we tend to kind of point fingers and say it's this or this person or that societal issue and not see those problems as somehow, you know, removed from us. That's how we see them. It really takes grace and prayer, I believe, to see where we've been part of the problem. And also, Mm -hmm. yeah, and Mm -hmm. also see not just part of the problem, but see how we can help the problem, just not look at it like, like Esther did. It took her a while to realize, hey, she had ability to help. The, for the solution. And I think that's why the Lord penetrates our hearts. And Esther certainly understood the importance of repentance. Why is it important for you and me, even all of us, to confess our sins and be repentant?
1: Well, I think we're told that answer in Luke 13 3, why it's important to repent when it says, when Jesus says, I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish. I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish. Without repentance, there is no redemption or salvation. Repentance means to have a change of mind and that we regret the path that we previously chose. And now we want to change or turn away from the wrong path in the past and now turn to the path that God has chosen for us.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, it can be instantaneous, right? Mm -hmm, If we do make that really have that true repentant heart. And then we decide we're going to turn away from that and pick a new way. Mm -hmm. And we see in this story, there are many opportunities that people could have done that and then chose not
1: to. Right. So go ahead, though. Esther's prayer consisted of four main parts. First, she praised God. Then she expressed gratitude for his faithfulness. Then she confessed the sins of her people. And then she asked God for what she needed. That he would give her the courage and the words to reach the heart of the king for the sake of his people.
0: Okay, so four parts here. Four parts. Let me see. My right. God, and what she okay. said: of okay. praise, then thanksgiving, mm-hmm. confession, mm-hmm. and petition. That's yeah, right. yeah. Re- right. Let me repeat it, just okay. if anyone out there listening is wondering about what's a good formula for prayer: mm-hmm. praise, thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Confession, petition. That's Got right. it. Okay, so Carrie, please continue and share with us what Esther did after she finished praying to God.
1: After Esther finished praying, she dressed in her royal attire as she prepared herself to go before the king. And even though her heart obviously was filled with fear, she was still absolutely beautiful and radiant as she entered the king's presence. When she entered, she saw the king seated on his throne. And he he was covered with gold and precious stones. And he also appeared to be filled with anger. So needless to say, he must have been pretty intimidating. (laughs) Esther was so weak in his presence that she staggered and she had to lean on her maid. As she continued to approach the king, God changed the king's heart from anger to gentleness. When he saw Esther, Esther's fear and weakness was evident as he went to her and he held her until she recovered. He comforted her, told her to take courage because she wouldn't die for approaching him. According to the decree of the land, the carry that's such a great image. Isn't that
0: beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. She comes in and she's All decked out looking great he's looking magnificent she's so nervous she's terrified yeah she's swaying in the wind walking towards him has to lean on her maid and then i love that part in chapter d that says but god changed the king's Mm -hmm. anger to gentleness isn't that beautiful it is it's it's true that god intervenes and in an instant right all her fears. And isn't that so true in life that when God intervenes, he has the final say and in an instant, the impossible becomes possible. That's right. That's yeah. Right. It's it's the least likely character. It's the king. It's the king. Yeah. Who says, what is it, Esther? I'm your brother. Take courage. Come near, speak to me. Right. Those are the words that we should all recall recall when we doubt and wonder if Jesus cares about our prayers. It is literally the King of Kings who says to me, what is it, Linda, I'm your brother. Take courage, come near. Sit with that a moment. That's just, it's just totally That's awesome.
1: It gives me so much hope, Carrie. Yep. yep. And it should, and it should, it should, it should give all of us hope to realize that with God, all things are possible, mm. that he is a God of reversal. Mm. But it doesn't end there. Esther responds that, yes, she was filled with fear of him because he was awesome and full of kindness. Then Esther, she faints immediately after speaking those words, (laughs) and the king had his servants try to revive her. So Esther's prayers were answered. God gave her the strength and just the right words to go before the king. And he changed the king's heart from anger Genuine concern for Esther. The king went from ablaze with the height of majestic anger to brother. Hmm. Yeah, just such
0: a short time. And here she was so nervous. Mm-hmm. That's just so true, Carrie. Um, so, Carrie, we're at that point where we do, we have a few moments that we can do proclaim my word unplugged. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who hasn't listened before, basically, this is a time during our podcast where. Just anything that hits me, I'm trying to think of what you as a listener might be asking, and I get a chance to ask Carrie those questions. So (laughs) (laughs) this was a real good pull one. I'm going to ask one that was from what you most recently said. I have quite a few here, Carrie, that came to mind. mm -hmm. But you said, our God is a God of reversal. Right. I I love that. I do too. Speak of that. When you say God, God is God of reversal, what does that mean to you?
1: Well... A lot of times we look at our situations as being totally impossible Mm -hmm. for there to be an answer, Mm -hmm. but God can reverse and change any situation just like he did at the Red Sea Mm -hmm. when he parted it. But the interesting thing about the Red Sea, before he reversed the direction of the sea Mm -hmm. to impart Mm -hmm. for the... uh, Hebrews to pass through, they had to put their feet in the water. Mm -hmm. They had to take action and do something before God acted. So maybe God is asking you if there's an impossible situation in your life right now, what does he want you to do? Mm -hmm. Does Mm -hmm. he want you to take a step into that water so he can part it for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And also too, I think the God of reversal is so important because we sometimes only go unfortunately to God when we have an impossible situation.
1: Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We forget
0: that Absolutely. we don't we can do we can go to him all the time and that will help us grow that muscle of prayer. Right. And then we don't wait till things are well past the point of being chaotic in our lives. Right. right. Yeah. So um another one I want to ask you. You told that story about the phone mm-hmm. and the victories mm-hmm. and the praise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so i want to i'm curious about this so when you told your husband what happened what did he say and then also how did you feel when you started doing it like immediate like in that moment what happened in that situation that had been really you could sound like really being a very big burden for you and your family
1: i don't remember what he said Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just remember what she said um And it did change for me because throughout that whole situation, I kept this book of praises in my hand. Mm -hmm. And I praised God every day throughout the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to have to tell you, um, the answer to the situation wasn't one I wanted. Mm. But I was peaceful about it. God prepared you for it. absolutely. Through those praises. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Those praises were powerful. Mm -hmm. And I knew he was in control, whether I liked the outcome or not. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, too, you didn't
0: waste all that time being in misery, which is like not good physically. It's not good emotionally, mentally. That's right. You know, you're just wasting your life when you're... That's right. Because there wasn't anything you
1: could have done about it. Well, what Mm -hmm. does fear accomplish?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah. When faith right. accomplishes everything. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, one thing I wanted to, when you mentioned about different things we get fast from, and you said critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one comes to mind is complaining. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Well, any thoughts, like critical thinking, complaining? I mean, I think if all of us po- probably stop complaining for 30 days. Can you imagine what would
1: happen? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I think we get caught up in complaining uh about things we can't do anything about mm-hmm. or maybe we complain about things we should do something about
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's right you we're know?
0: talking about it so we're not really thinking of how could i help yeah, well
1: do something mm-hmm. do something about it mm-hmm. um and judging also mm-hmm. say more about that judging well we tend to judge people that don't think like us talk like us live like us Mm -hmm. And, um, we're called not to judge anybody. We may judge the action, but we can't judge the person because we don't know what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. Only God knows what's in the person's heart. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're told not to judge. Yeah.
0: That's, that's a perfect example. Not judging is a perfect example of getting over our skis. Right. We get a little too far. And also too, I think you had said that when we, fast right then we're filled up with the holy spirit yes it's the same thing when we complain and we judge we're filling up ourselves with that yeah the garbage yeah garbage that not yeah. doesn't allow the holy spirit to kind of come into right. us and so that we can listen and be attentive right to his promptings right because he is right. our advocate or helper but if we know if we were advocate or helper for someone if they don't want it or they're not willing to listen right That's right. It's fruitless. It's fruitless. Yeah. It's fruitless. That's right. So uh, another question I had is, so Esther asked for the help of everyone, all the Jewish people fasting and praying. And I know she was definitely buoyed by that. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. asked Mordecai, who then asked the people. That's right. Mm -hmm. So taking that to today, do we need to wait to be asked like how if we feel something's going on in society a lot of people are frustrated in different areas are concerned uh, sometimes we wait to have someone tell us what to do what can do we have to wait to someone tells us hey this is a good time to start fasting or how do we handle that
1: well i think a couple of things number one why would we want to wait for someone to tell us <laughs> when to fast we should know mm-hmm. um All you have to do is listen to the news and know you should start praying and fasting fast, (laughs) praying fast, fast. Um, And we should know when to intercede. Mm -hmm. And I think um, Esther was so right in asking all the people to fast and pray. Mm -hmm. And this is what's so great about our um, brothers and sisters, the saints in heaven to ask for their intercession mm-hmm. of course we also ask our, our brothers and our christian brothers and sisters on earth to pray for us and to intercede for us sometimes i think we try to go through things by ourselves mm-hmm. and not ask for prayer help mm-hmm.
0: well, wait, before you finish that so why do we do that why do we try just to take it on our own when it's the time when If the tables were turned, if we knew someone we loved was going through a tough time, we'd want them to ask us for help. Absolutely. So why don't we do it ourselves?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's a matter of pride. Mm -hmm. Maybe we don't want people to know that we're having a tough time. But I don't know anybody who doesn't have a difficult time or does. I don't know anybody that doesn't need prayer Mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. For a family member, for someone who's left the church, for an illness, for a job, whatever it is. Um, we all need prayer Mm -hmm. and that's why we're a community. Mm -hmm. We're a family Mm -hmm. by our baptism, we're baptized into a family. And so families pray for each other, Mm -hmm. intercede for each other. Yeah.
0: And I've never heard when I've said, I'll pray for you. I've never had someone say, that's not a good idea or Or or, say, no,
1: thank you. (laughs) I don't need it. Uh
0: Yeah. Uh So we have to remember that because then we're more in tune too as we, as we're living out that by serving in that way of intercessory prayer for others, we're also getting more in tune with the Holy spirit.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. right.
0: Yeah. So, and and that in our story, Mordecai and Esther, that relationship is so pivotal because. Oh, extremely. So. Yes. Yeah. And even though he said someone else will be able to take your spot. Right there were two that were necessary
1: right, in that. Right. And, and thank God that he was there for her because he really encouraged her mm-hmm. to do God's will. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cause he is the image that I got when he's going through the town, as he's getting close to the palace, he's literally moaning and groaning and sad. Right. And he is really distraught. Right. And, right. um, in his prayer, he basically is one who, um, he goes to when he goes to the Lord, he says, I didn't bow down to Amon mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I wanted to give honor to you, right? But he seems like he's kind of almost second guessing himself. He's stating what we know God already knew, yeah, that right? He's, he's
1: kind of reminding God of <laughs> his faithfulness. Mm-hmm, his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay, yeah. That's, I think that's okay,
0: yeah. And that's uh, to me, I think that's one thing too. If anyone's having trouble with Praying, that's Mm -hmm. it's just starting that conversation, right? You know, because if you think when you've ever become in a situation where you're not in community with someone, something went down, you know, and it was just a it can be even misunderstandings or whatever. And you know, you go to the Lord because you just don't want to be, you know, in a bad way with anyone. You know, we want to be at peace with everyone, and that might be the best thing to do, like to follow what Mordecai did, which was say. I didn't mean it, you know, but if uh-huh. I, you know, I, I hope I didn't put the situation out here. I did it because I wanted to give honor to you.
1: Right. right so, right. and I think one thing that's so important is that Esther had Mordecai encouraging her to do God's will. We all need somebody in our lives mm-hmm. encouraging us to do God's will. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you don't have that person, you might want to consider looking for that person, Mm -hmm. somebody who will also hold us accountable. Mm -hmm.
0: So who is that for you? Who do do you have girlfriends or, you know, who does that for you, depending on the situation?
1: Well, I think right now my husband kind of holds me accountable. <laughs> so I don't know. Does that count?
0: <laughs> I think it does count. I think yes. it counts too. And that's what they say. you are trying to get both to heaven. So yeah. no better person to see all, right. with that's... everything that's going on in your life. Probably your spouse yeah. is the number one person to help that's you do right. that. Yeah. But it is, it's important. You have the receptivity to take that, um, whatever feedback you get, right?
1: Well, yes. And sometimes not always uh, joyfully, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it comes from your husband. right? <laughs> um, but after thinking about it and and realizing, well, gee, maybe, maybe he's right.
0: Mm-hmm. And one other thing too, just because I think this is a very important point is you asked the question, kind of a rhetorical question, how do we begin our prayers? And I think this is something that I wanted you to speak about is we probably have learned we want to praise. We want to leave the petition to the end mm-hmm. as we okay. kind of went through uh, that little discussion there. But we need a reminder, too, because depending on the situation, I mean, life moves along and then all of a sudden we forget mm-hmm. that we want to they praise him because we start getting the problem becomes bigger and bigger in front of our face mm-hmm. that we forget how do we make that a consistent thing so we don't fall into that trap that when the problems start coming up in our lives that we don't fall back and just start either not praying or just you know, petition, petition, petition? Yeah, How do we get yeah. that? Well, so
1: I think a couple of ways. Number one, I think it's important to put reminders up around yourself. Hmm. Um, you can even set your phone mm-hmm. as a reminder. Another thing that helps uh, remind us is when we're starting to get really fearful and anxious, mm-hmm. stop. And pray. Yeah. Stop and pray. Mm-hmm. There's no real formula. Mm-hmm. There, there's no right or wrong way to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, just going before God, talking to him, mm-hmm. like you talk to a friend. Mm-hmm. The The thing is that he wants to hear from us. Yeah. So when you love somebody, you want to hear from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he wants to hear from you. Mm-hmm.
0: So like your phone conversation, the phone on the wall. So instead of picking up the phone, your cell phone to call and complain with someone about what's going on in your life and all the problems, it's probably a good time to get on your knees. That's right.
1: Yeah. Go to him first. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of picking up the phone to complain to a friend about what's going on. Mm -hmm.
0: And then how one last question before we get towards the closing here is we know how Mordecai helped Esther have the courage and to remind her about her calling.
1: Mm-hmm. How did Esther help Mordecai? Well, I think, um, he saw Esther as being the fruits of his, his faith and his bringing her up. Mm-hmm. And I, he had to be pleased with her response. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they say, you know, people by their fruits. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, Mordecai was very fruitful. Mm -hmm.
0: And, And he must have seen in just that moment when that whole situation started to break open that it was so fortuitous. Right. That Esther right. was in the position that she was in.
1: Absolutely. They had to see a God working behind the scenes, mm-hmm. even though his name is never mentioned mm-hmm. in the Hebrew version. He was there throughout the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important point for us to remember. Mm -hmm. Even though we don't feel him, his presence, he's there. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's you
0: saying that he was there all along. So the casting lots, you know, is more chance, uh, just whatever happens. It's a significant contrast to God's providence. Right. Showing consistently. Right behind the scenes. Right. There's no guesswork with God. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> Expand no on guesswork. that a little
1: bit. Well, they casted lots to, mm-hmm. to figure out the day of the, um, destruction of the Jews. But, um, God d- doesn't work that way. God knows what we need before we need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no chance. There's no. Yeah.
0: There's... I, I think there was something in one of the, the, um, one of the, Rabbis schol- rabbinic scholars said is that the solution had already been formed before the problem
1: presented it, itself. exactly that's that's a great thing to remember. Mm-hmm. So you're praying for that solution to be revealed. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that that you keep doing the right thing and not be so concerned about what is it you're not doing. Right. And, uh, but keep doing the right thing, the muscle of praying and um, And it'll
1: happen Mm -hmm. and it'll happen, but. If it do, it'll it happen, but not necessarily the way you want it to happen, mm-hmm. it'll happen the way you need for it to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there.
0: Yeah, because that's your example that you gave about the phone, the power and the praise, the victories right. and the praise right. rather, is it wasn't, that didn't mean it all turned out exactly as you envisioned. No, no. But it was in hindsight, you're able to say it was what you needed.
1: What we needed. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it brought me closer to the Lord, mm-hmm. just through p- learning to praise him and to trust him, mm-hmm. to trust him.
0: That's one thing I will add is that i I notice it myself, but i I definitely can see it in others when the prayer the prayer request becomes so specific, and you feel you can tell if a person asks you for prayers and they're so anxious uh-huh, uh-huh. and you can tell that it's like that trans that transition between the petition and the trust. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you're, you want to be a very specific outcome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we all know that that's where those intercessors and friends and people to encourage Mm -hmm. can really help us to, Mm -hmm. to keep that level of anxiety down. Right. Because right. we don't know. We don't see it all. And no. sometimes we're still in the midst of the problem.
1: And I think when we're praying, we should end our prayers with according to your will, Lord. Yeah. Your will be done. Your will be
0: done. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed when I prayed with someone, if, um, if you say your will be done and they're very committed to what they want. Uh-huh. That's a little bit of a, uh, <laughs> a stretch. <laughs> yeah, like, no, uh, I want it my way. Exactly. And, but that's what God's often working out in us. When he presents these, when problems present ourselves, they're a chance for us to go inside our hearts and really see. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. So we're, I just, um, uh, just a couple minutes left. So I want to uh, make sure that we have time to do the concluding prayer. uh hmm So Carrie, would you uh, do us the favor of closing out the lesson three with, you can find this prayer that Carrie is going to recite for us, um, pray with us, is in your Be Who God Created workbook at the end of lesson three.
1: Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, there is no one more powerful than you. You alone are God. You alone can save me from myself and my enemies. I have sinned against you, Lord, and I know that I don't deserve your mercy. Help me, Father, to never fear anyone but you. Help me to trust that you will always be with me, giving me the faith and the strength that I need to endure the evil one's temptations. Thank you for forgiving me and for loving me. I love you, Lord, and I desire to do your will. Jesus, you alone are my hope. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: So stay tuned for our next podcast on Lesson 4 as we will find out how the king responded to Esther's request and how she and Mordecai found favor with God. So join us next time via the QuestAtlanta.com website or on the Quest Atlanta app under our program section for the podcast of this Book of Esther series. And Carrie, any last words?
1: Yes. Remember, empty yourself so you can be filled with him and praise him because he is worthy of your praise. And until next time, be who God created and you will be blessed. Amen. (laughs)